Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week seven. It is short on games. It is uh, long on analysis and uh, breakdowns. Is it now? Is that, is that fair? It's long on analysis, you say. As, as with anything in this show, we, you know, we are well-known analysts promoting a business here. So, you know, that's what we were told. <laughs> that is what I'm told on Twitter. It was um, the nicest thing anybody's ever said about us, I think. <laughs> yeah, labeling this show as a business is really something. So uh, good on you, uh, w- random West Virginia fan that I somehow kind of came across on Twitter. I don't know how all that works. But anyways, uh, Mike, we do have four games in the ACC this weekend. They are all conference games we're going to get into and break down here. Off the top here, I we, we have not mentioned this off the top of the show in a long time. Um, if you have not gone and found our channel on YouTube, your homework is go find Basketball Conference on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. That's all we need you to do. We are uh, we are around 50 followers. We need to get to 100 for us to give you an actual dedicated URL. So go find Basketball Conference on YouTube. All of our shows are getting posted there. Producer Scott is absolutely killing it, getting you know some up uploading some uh, some edited content with some 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 graphics and, and all sorts of fancy stuff that we've never done before. So go do all of us a favor and go find basketball conference on YouTube and, uh, and hit that subscribe button, hit like, uh, smash the bell icon for notifications. I, I don't know, whatever YouTubers tell people to do. Um, anyways, go do all those things. Mike, let's talk about some games here. Um, at seven thirty on ABC is the, the headliner of the weekend for us. The number four Clemson Tigers on the road in Tallahassee taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Mike, Clemson is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Hmm. Total is 51. This line stinks and a half. Yes. What is? What do I not know here? Stinks with the hook. Mm-hmm. Or stinks and the hook. One of the two. Stinks and the hook. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take that. Um, okay, cool. I don't know. It feels like someone knows. Am I, am I wrong? Like someone knows something that I don't. When I look at this line, yeah. I mean, we've been talking about Clemson as the as the favorite to win the conference, as a team that has continued to develop offensively into the team that I think they've wanted to be for the last two seasons. Right, like. This is kind of what they envisioned when Trevor Lawrence left. They were thinking, okay, DJU, a little bit different quarterback, maybe introduce more power running into things, like maybe not as proficient as a passer, you know, not a Trevor Lawrence, not a Deshaun Watson through the air, but good enough through the air and really good on the ground. And, you know, this is kind of what they envisioned their offense would turn into. And they've been really difficult to stop for the past month. They've been really, really good, um, especially the last three weeks, right? And, 
you know, I think back to the Wake Forest game and, and what they were able to do there. They were just kind of running, running and throwing, and DJ, you looked accurate, and they just started to look different against Wake. And then mm-hmm. they did the same thing against NC State. And then they murdered Boston College. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, why are they only a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Florida State? A Florida State team that, granted, I've been saying now, Florida State's entering a tough part of their schedule, right? This mm-hmm. is the kind of this is the bracket of games that we had circled when we talked about them in the preseason. We said, you know what? This is going to be a really tough stretch for Florida State. But Florida State's a good football team. Mm-hmm. Like, they are a good football team. They are like an 8-4 and four type team, I think. And that's obviously a, a huge improvement from what they've been recently. But more importantly, like they're doing a lot of things well right now. What I'm interested in seeing in this particular game is how Clemson's defensive backs hold up against Florida State's passing game, which has been pretty good, right? It's been pretty, pretty good. If Clemson's defensive backs can hold up like they have the last couple weeks, right, and start to look more like the unit that's like well-rounded, and, yeah, uh, you know, versus what they looked like against Wake Forest when they wouldn't turn around, everybody's getting roasted in the secondary. Like, yep. if they continue to take steps forward there, like, how is Florida State moving the ball here? Because mm-hmm. Treshawn Ward's been really good in the running game, but like, I'm not sure I trust Florida State's offensive line that's been better than I expected. By the way, Joey, yeah. the, the offense line better than I've expected coming into the year, but I'm not sure I trust them to run the ball all that well in this game. And if that's the case, can they consistently throw on Clemson? I'm not sure that they can. That's that's exactly where my mind goes. Is, is for Florida State's offense, you're correct. That offensive line is improved, and it is not bad. It is not no. good enough to control the game against Clemson's defensive front. Um, just flat out, it's not. Um, and then the question, yeah, becomes, well, Florida State has some talent at receiver in particular. Is is that enough to attack Clemson's secondary, which, again, we saw against Wake Forest, they got really exposed. But I I, I don't know. And that, that's, that's the other thing that comes to my mind, I guess, is that Clemson-Wake Forest game. I think in a lot of ways you saw Clemson get outcoached for three-plus quarters of that game. And I do kind of think pretty highly of of Mike Norvell and and um, is it Alex Atkins? Sorry, is the the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach there? Um, and I, I think pretty highly of that group. Like they they have coached up this team. I think they they've got a lot of good background. Can they can they out coach Clemson? I think is is on the table. But it entirely is going to come down to can they move the ball, pick up you know chunk plays and and pick a, a couple big plays over the top against that Clemson secondary. And that's that's the crux of it. And I I feel like some of that with Clemson, you know, the, the issues they had against Wake Forest, I think were somewhat injury-driven, and they, they were a little bit depleted in the secondary. And I'll be very honest, I have not done my research to know, like, are they getting guys back or, you know, what exactly is it? But it does seem like they kind of fixed things – late in that game and in, in the weeks since. So, I don't know. I'm skeptical. I, I'm kind of just leaning like I'm just going to go with Clemson here. Um, I'm just going to lay the three and a half, and it does it does stink. And But I, like we said, I mean, we, we've seen improvements from Clemson's offense. 
I think Florida State's defense is is going to give them some trouble. It's not like it's going to just be like a, a boat racing situation for Clemson. Um, but I do think Clemson will win this game by call it seven to ten points. So let's go with Clemson here. Um, we'll say thirty-one twenty-one, maybe. I like Clemson too, and the one other thing I just want to mention real quick is like Clemson's coaching staff. I think has done a pretty nice job the last couple of weeks coming out of halftime, right? Like the Wake Forest game didn't see that. Was concerned about their lack of adjustments, right? But I thought NC State against NC State they made a ton of adjustments. They really put Devin Leary and that offense on their heels in the second half. Um, they really kind of came out hair on fire defensively, mm-hmm. especially in the second half of that game last week a little bit different because they just kind of sat on bc um but clemson didn't play a particularly good first half offensively and i thought they played much better in the second half offensively last week against boston college so i think you know adjustments were certainly made on that side of the ball too what concerns me about florida state is that florida state's last two games wake forest nc state um they have not made very good adjustments coming out of halftime right it's been kind of the opposite like nc state like you mentioned, Joey, like NC State completely outcoached Florida State last week in the second half. Like mm-hmm. Florida State was in control of that football game going into halftime. And then the third quarter happened. And then Florida State kind of just stepped all over themselves, right? They right there late in that game. They they're coming into the edge of field goal range. They're down a couple. And you have this weird play at the end where Travis throws that interception and there's miscommunication. And why are you even putting the ball in the air in that situation to begin with? I just think that when push comes to shove, I think Clemson's coaching staff, first of all, is coming into form a bit more. I think, you know, guys on that staff are starting to get more comfortable in their new roles, you know, this year. And you just get a sense that Clemson is starting to figure it out. And Mm -hmm. not that Florida State's not. I I think they're in a really good place in terms of where they were and where they're going. I think they're definitely making progress, but man, enough progress to beat a Clemson team that I'm starting to think is playoff good. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't see it even at home. So uh, give me Florida State. I think that, or I'm sorry, give me Clemson. I think they they win this game by about a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what to do with the total. I don't really know what to do with the spread. I, I, I just lean Clemson here. I'm with you, Joey. I lean Clemson and give me like, I don't know, let's go. 27 21 something like that so maybe maybe under barely yeah i mean yeah the total is 51 so i said 31 21 i mean that gets over by a point you're saying 27 21 gets over by or gets under by three points i mean so yeah. i think that's a pretty good number I'm, I'm not looking to lock that up in either direction no no shot Producer Scott with a note here as well uh, as a theory for kind of why this number is what it is. There could be some something related to some bad blood coming off the COVID year. If you remember, I believe it was Dabo and Clemson like traveled to Tallahassee and then were told on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning that Florida State didn't have enough guys to go and uh, were, the game was canceled and there was a lot of uh, fighting, you know, clapping back and forth in the media. This is Clemson's first trip to Tallahassee since then, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, I think that's something that could be in play. Uh, it's just some of that bad blood and some of that bad mojo out in the world. But, um, you know, who, who, who's to say? Again, it's kind of a kind of a weird line, and uh, I don't know how I feel about it. But, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it works out on on Saturday night. Yep. 
Clemson for the both of us, over for me, under for Mike. No locks just yet. Let's move on, Mike, to 3.30 on the ACC Network, where the number 15 NC State Wolfpack are on the road in upstate New York, taking on the number 18 Syracuse Orange. I'm confident when I say upstate New York, I am mischaracterizing how that state is uh, classified in terms of regions, but hey, that's fine. Uh, they're in the building formerly known as the Carrier Dome. NC State's a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road, um, so Syracuse favored here at home. Total is a meek 42 points. Mm. Uh, Mike, I, this is this is a little less of an honest question. This is a little bit more of a trivia question. Why is Syracuse favored here? Is Devin Leary playing? Ding, 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 ding. We don't know. Um, I, I, I did look this up this afternoon as I was kind of looking through some of the lines early. Um, there has not really been a definitive answer one way or the other on whether Devin Leary's playing. All we know is that he spent the fourth quarter in street clothes and his arm in a sling in the fourth quarter of last week's game. And Dave Doran has said he's day-to-day. Who knows how honest that is or how much that's gamesmanship, but... I, the the uncertainty there definitely has me just automatically like no thanks on locking this up in either direction. Oh no, I mean you can't touch this line. Yeah, don't bet this line. I mean, it, you're st- one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. You don't know if he's playing or not. Like you can't you can't bet this game. And his backup came in last week and played more than a quarter when they were trailing and threw one pass. Like former walk-on, by the way. Yeah. Just yeah, <laughs> it's a drastic difference. It feels like if Devin Leary plays or doesn't. I mean, I it's very easy for me, and I want to simple oversimplify it, right? But if Devin Leary plays, NC State should. And look, if Devin Leary plays and he's seventy percent of himself, you know, functional can, you know, complete a couple passes. Mm-hmm. NC State's the pick. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't play, and they're trotting out a walk-on again, Syracuse is the pick. Mm-hmm. That's literally it. That that's that's it. Like, if you can bet this game thirty seconds before kickoff, maybe that's when you do it. If you, if you're really into it, otherwise, like, don't touch this game. Um, I I've been on the record saying I think that Syracuse is. At the time, I said the worst four and O team in the country. Now I think they're one of the worst five and O teams in the country. I, that I stand by that. Their best victory is probably Purdue. You know who could win the Big Ten West, I guess. But like, they should have lost that game. They should have lost to UVA. Um, they beat a mediocre Louisville team. They beat Wagner. I mean, I don't think this team is... I think this team is is better than I anticipated. They've already gone over their season win total, so that's really good for them, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, they haven't run the ball well. And everybody's talking about, oh, well, you know, Robert and I and Jason Beck and what they've done with Garrett Schrader. And, like, Garrett Schrader's been decent, I -hmm. think. I mean, definitely definitely more balanced as a quarterback than he was a year ago. Mm -hmm. But is is he so improved that, like... Once Syracuse starts playing better competition here down the stretch of the season, we're, we're just we're confident that 
he's going to be able to throw the ball consistently on those opponents when they stack the box. I don't I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So this is a game I didn't think they would get at the outset, right? Because I thought Devin Leary would be healthy. But now with Leary's health in question, I think I'm going Syracuse here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. Give me Syracuse. And, and I, 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 again, don't, I, don't bet this. I'm not locking it up. Um, certainly if Devin Leary doesn't play, like I, I, I'm with you. There's a little bit of skepticism with me with Syracuse, and I think I, I, I teased the fan base maybe a little bit in the last day or so. Um, there was a thing that came out, I believe it was from Brian Fremo, uh, who does the FEI rankings. It's a, a Fremo efficiency index, basically, and it's you know it's advanced stats and it ranks different teams. But basically, he was calling out a couple of things. One of them being that Syracuse's strength of schedule moving forward versus what they've played to date is like one of the most drastic upticks in the entire country. Like they have played a, a relatively easy schedule, you know, among everybody that's played so far. And what they have left is really quite difficult. Um, yeah. And so even as a 5-0 and team, I kind of floated the question, like, what are the odds that Syracuse might actually not make a bowl game? Like, they might lose out from here. And it's – it's when and, and, again, that's rude, and, like, Syracuse is pretty good, and they don't – No, not, not rude. Not, not rude. <laughs> funny. It's, it's funny. We classified I, these things differently. Yeah, well, and but but the point is, like, if you look at it again, this is a ranked NC State team for their sixth game. The final six games at Clemson, home against Notre Dame, at Pitt, home against Florida State, at Wake Forest, at Boston College. Like, you're like one or two injuries away from going into that stretch and and losing a bunch of games. Like, yeah, that, well, it is. Those teams are all probably, every single one of them, more difficult than maybe everyone but Purdue that you've played. Louisville, UConn, Purdue, Virginia, and Wagner. Like, you have played the easy part of your schedule. The hard part starts now. I mean, they're going to lose a bunch, you know, even at full health, they're going to lose a bunch of those games. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they're going to be at a significant talent deficiency against Clemson and Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Pitt is beatable. Boston College is beatable, but Syracuse Boston College games get very weird, mm-hmm. as we know. And I think NC State is a team that is going to be hard for Syracuse to beat if NC State was at full health. But now that they're not, I think that's gettable, right? So there's a wide range of outcomes here now that I wasn't sure was necessarily present a few weeks back, right? But yep, like. I, I got a couple guarantees for you. Like, I don't think Syracuse is going to play particularly well against Clemson or Notre Dame. I just don't see it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Not with what we've seen out of Clemson and Notre Dame over the past three weeks or so. <laughs> like, I don't see it. Notre Dame has quietly become, like, watchable again offensively. They've found something with Drew Pine, a quarterback. We've already talked about Clemson and what they've become offensively. The athletes on the field in those games, I think, are going to give Syracuse a, a whole heck of a lot of problems. But outside mm-hmm. of that, like there are some winnable games here, but it's definitely the tougher part of their schedule. Mm-hmm. I look at this game, Mike, and I see two teams where the better unit on the field is always going to be the defense. Even if mm-hmm. hell, even if Devin Leary plays, I kind of think Syracuse's defense is better than NC State's offense. Like I agree. I agree. And that's where I, I feel like either team is going to struggle to score points. 
And that's usually a bad formula for, for laying them. Once again, don't bet this game, at least not don't bet the spread. But Mike, total's only 42. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're getting there. Oh, boy. Oh, and I'm going to lock this. that up. Let's lock don't that up. Under oh, under 42 points. Let's go. You better, you better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Well done. Under 42 in Syracuse NC State. Like, especially if Devin Leary doesn't play. I mean, what is this? Like, 21 to 10? Something like that? Like, NC State had a miserable time trying to move the ball last week. They couldn't score in the red zone. Syracuse's defense is they stay healthy. Like, they have been really, really good consistently against everybody. And so that's where I, – I don't know how much Syracuse scores against NC State's very good defense. But I just – again, I, I think that the defense will be the better unit on the field all night, regardless of which team has the ball. So I, I even a, with a low total like that, give me the under. I mean, I'll go with the under too, but I am not locking this up. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Not in for a uh, sweat like that, small total. I'm not. I'm not down to sweat it out with a quarterback that I don't know is going to play. And I, look, I'll tell you, if the walk-on plays, that would be intriguing. You're like one pick six away from just your afternoon being ruined, basically. Like, yeah, th- throwing the controller through the TV. <laughs> Syracuse for the both of us, under for the both of us, all lock up the under. Uh, we will move on. we got two more games to preview. Before we do that, let me remind you about Section103.com. It is the Internet's premier place to buy all sorts of wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. Uh, Mike, it's the bye week this week, and so there's not really a game for the football team to go support. But if you want to go to a volleyball game, if you know we're in the middle of basketball media days, so if you're trying to get stocked up for basketball season, go check out Section103.com. It's Josh uh, Pastner season, baby. Josh Pastner, he like I tweeted this out today. He might be a dork, but he's our dork. Um, so go it's go true. support him and his team. Uh, once again, section103.com. They've got t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, things in tech gold, all the official word marks. Everything's incredibly comfortable, um, especially the the hoodies in particular. I'll tell you that is, is there becomes a chill in the air, as they say. Um, my my wife like refuses to wear anything that's not deemed soft. These hoodies are incredibly soft from, from Section 103. So go check those out. Um, get you one as you prepare to go to some games and go around uh, gallivanting around supporting Georgia Tech this fall. Um, I'm wearing my uh, one of these right now. If you're watching this yep. on YouTube, YouTube, go search for Basketball Conference on YouTube. Uh, this Bobby I own that shirt. Stadium is my happy place. Yeah, it's a, it's a comfy shirt. It's very soft. Um, so go check those out. Go find anything you want on section103.com, supporting Georgia Tech. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Really appreciate Steven and the gang for their partnership. Um, it's been a fun season. They've got a new hoodie, by the way. Um, if, you've seen, if you've seen Brent Key running around the sidelines the last couple weeks wearing a hoodie, like a sleeveless or short-sleeve hoodie kind of thing, Section 103 has something for you if you want to look like Brent Key. So go check them hmm. out. Once again, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Do they have something for me if I want to look like Jeff Collins? Um, a couple things, but trying to be like Jeff Collins, not always the uh, the best life strategy, we'll say. Definitely don't want a coach like him. <laughs> Definitely don't. And calling it coaching is, uh, is a lot of credit. Organizing um, whatever he was doing. 
getting getting Calling guys it above organizing the line. is a lot of credit. <laughs> getting getting guys above the line, live above the line. Ooh, okay, the all right, that's Mike's motto. Um, Section one hundred three's motto is go follow him on social media for new new products and deals. By the way, at Section one hundred three on Twitter and Instagram, um, so keep up with them there. Yes. Cool. Good. I agree. All right. I Eight o'clock. That. <laughs> Fair enough. Eight o'clock on the ACC Network. Love you, Stephen. North... Continue. Love you, Stephen. The North Carolina Tar Heels are a seven-point favorite on the road in Durham, taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Total is sixty-seven. Um, this is if if I look at all the spreads this weekend, this is the one I kind of like feel like I understand the most. Is that a fair statement, Mike? As much as any of us can understand anything related to ACC football, yes. <laughs> fair. Fair. Tough but fair. Yeah. I Man, I don't know. I think that based off of what I saw last week out of Duke, like offensively, I'm not sure they could play that poorly again, especially against North Carolina's defense. Right? Like, are they really going to play that poorly again? Is Jalen Calhoun back? I mean, again, big injury questions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's an important question we're going to have to answer between now and Saturday. If he comes back for Duke, I mean, that adds a totally different element to their offense and... I mean, he, he. This is the kind of game where he could easily go for like 150 yards and two scores. Like right, right. I mean, I, Carolina's defense has not gotten any better. Right. I mean, they've been pretty bad all year, and really the only game they played well in was Virginia Tech. So, mm-hmm. kill me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Carolina's defense just has not gotten really much better. They're pretty poor. Here's the thing, though. Like Drake May is playing at a first-team All-ACC level at quarterback, and mm-hmm. I know everybody's talking about how well Sam Hartman's playing. Noted, right? And Devin Leary's been a little disappointing, but you know there are quarter- other quarterbacks in the ACC who have played pretty well. But in my opinion, like nobody has played as well at quarterback as as Drake May has, right? And I. I think that that's going to be too much for Duke ultimately because I think that Mike Elko at Duke, he wants to establish like this culture of winning in the trenches and that sort of thing. And I think that Duke is going to be able to do that against a lot of different competition. I think they'll be able to win in the trenches to a degree on Saturday against Carolina. But I just think that with the way they're op- the way North Carolina's offense has been operating, the ball's been coming out of Drake May's hands pretty quickly, right? Whereas like Sam, Sam Howell, the issue was he held onto the ball too long. That's not an issue with Drake May. Like he's getting mm-hmm. the ball out quick, and it's the same mm-hmm. offensive scheme. Like Jay Longo has gone anywhere. Phil Longo, Phil. sorry, yeah. Phil Longo has gone anywhere. Jay, Jay Bateman, Bateman did go somewhere. Yeah. Phil Phil Longo hasn't gone anywhere, right? So the offensive scheme is exactly the same. So, you know, the difference is that Drake May won't hold onto the ball. I like Carolina here. Um, I think they win. I think they cover. I think they win this game by ten. I like Carolina here. And the mm-hmm. over, by the way. I like the over, too. Because I don't think either team's going to be able to stop the other. So, Carolina, the over. Yeah, it's that, that's one of the things I think about. So, by the way, uh, we had an update from our, our man Steve Wiseman, at Steve Wiseman NC on Twitter. Uh, said, basically, there's other injuries from Saturday. Jalen Calhoun uh, is not as serious. Could be available for the UNC game. Another update. Basically, the status is up in the air. So, maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, 
you know, we talk about kind of the, the value to me on Duke being that they, they don't beat themselves. No. It's not that they're dynamic and impressive and explosive and, and going to just, you know, run it up. It's that they're, they're going to avoid turnovers. They're going to try to stay ahead of the sticks. Like, they're going to do the small things to try to avoid putting themselves in position to get beat. And I do think that North Carolina's defense will be more than amenable to uh, allowing them to move the ball down the field that way. I just wonder if they're going to actually be able to score enough points to keep up with what North Carolina is going to score with superior athleticism on offense. And, and, and Drake May calling the shots, if that's fair. I, here's, here's the way I think it could play out in favor of Duke if Duke goes with the game plan of kind of sitting on the ball. Because, I mean, Carolina's defense goes through stretches, a lot of stretches. Actually, most of the time they're on the field, if we're being fair, where they like mm-hmm. literally can't can't get off the field. And I think if Duke, you know, goes with the game plan of we're going to establish the run, we're going to, you know, take the air out of the ball, we're going to make things a bit difficult on Carolina's defense, on Carolina's um, offense to score, right? Because we're just going to keep them off the field. My question becomes, okay, can Duke's defense get just a couple stops? Because, I mean, if they get a couple stops and you, you deploy that game plan, then things get more interesting. Then we're thinking maybe an under game. We're thinking that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Duke's Duke's got the ball late, down a few, with, like, an opportunity to go score and win the game. Like, that's what we're talking about then if, if that game plan ends up coming to fruition. So, I mean, there are ways for Duke to, to keep this game close. And I don't think the talent efficiency is so vast that, like, coaching can't overcome it, right? Like, Carolina is certainly the more talented team for sure. Mm-hmm. But I trust the coaching staff that Mike Elko has a lot more than I trust Mac Brown and his coaching staff, which is insane to say in year one mm-hmm. when we're, you know, six games in. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm at. Like mm-hmm. I trust I trust Duke's coaching staff more more right now than I trust Carolina's. So Yeah. Get get into that kind of game, you know, maybe that's the path for Duke, but I just don't see it. I think Carolina speeds the game up and Drake May makes life difficult on the Duke defense. I think that's the path here. I think Duke's going to need a couple of turnovers from North Carolina, something to kind of cut into the momentum of that offense a little bit. I, I don't yeah. know that you're going to get a bunch of stops and force three and outs and like those kinds of things. I think you need to force a couple of mistakes and have those turn into turnovers, short fields, like that kind of thing, yep. I think is the, the, the road to victory there. Um, I'm with you. Give me Carolina in the over here. Um, I, I do think that both these teams will be able to score. I think this gets into the 30s pretty easily, um, but I do think Carolina is able to win this game by at least a touchdown. I think the, the number being seven is, is really a good one. Um, honestly, if this game finished – if I was looking to bet this game, I would probably either bet Carolina to cover or Duke money line. Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like I don't know there's a ton of – scenarios where Carolina wins this by four kind of feels like either they're going to run away with this by, you know, double digits or Duke's going to win the game on the field. I think the only bet I make in this game with my money is Duke money line. Hmm. Not even the over Uh, or the over. Yeah. But if we're talking like the spread, the spread itself, Mm -hmm. I think the only bet I make here is Duke money line. I wonder what we can get on that. Keep going for a minute. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's that's how I feel about it. Because I think Carolina could be in a position where, okay, defense doesn't get off the field. And offensively, like you said, 
a stop or two, whether it's them stopping themselves or Duke's defense, you know, forcing, you know, forcing a turnover, doing something. I mean, I, I could see a path for Duke here and Mm -hmm. I think they keep it within arm's reach, right? Like I I really do, but it's going to come down to, you know, the team that has the most talent or the team that's better coached. A lot of times you pick the team that's better coached, but I'm sitting here just thinking Drake May is just too much as a quarterback. Yeah. I'm seeing Duke plus 210, plus 220, something like that, for what that's worth. Not the worst. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Are you locking anything up here? No. I got You're running out of the games here. You haven't locked oh, up anything uh, yet. Uh, I, I got one for you. <laughs> oh, Lord. I suspect I know where we're going, but all right. Mm. It's going to be Car- sick. <laughs> Carolina and the over for the both of us. Final game, Mike. This is where the the, podcast begins, Joey. This is where the podcast begins. This is going to be fun. Uh, At 12.30 on ESPN3, it is the Jefferson Pilot Special of the Week. The Miami Hurricanes are on the road in Blacksburg. Mike, Miami is favored by a touchdown. I saw it earlier in the week at 7.5, and and that had me a lot more interested. The number is currently 7. The total is 46.5. First question, do you recommend people watch this game? Because I no. don't. <clears throat> no. No. You, you, you may, <laughs> yeah, you may, you may not be able to. I mean, it's going to be tough to find. You have to find a stream. Find your own more. version of the Jefferson Pilot Network in 2022 to be able to watch yeah. this game. may have to reenact the game in my basement here. <laughs> get, the, get the helmet out, you know? Damn, sweet humble brag. You have a basement. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice. <laughs> Thank you. It's very nice. Looks like it's got uh, lights and like a doorway. Basically, that's the only... Uh, well, I, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. This computer chair that I'm sitting in, the computer chair my laptop's on, and the lights are basically the only thing in the basement right now. So. <laughs> Pretty sick, bro. New homeowner stuff. Good, good times. Good times. Yeah. Yeah, this is the fun part where you can't really afford anything. Okay. Um... <laughs> Joey, I got a sick bet for you. You ready? Oh, no. You ready? Uh, Virginia Tech, plus seven. Lock it up. up. Oh, no. Lock it up. Please. Yeah, look, I don't know why. Why Why is this line as low as it is? I mean, my first answer was when I saw this, and once again, when I first saw it, it was seven and a half, and I was like, the hell I'm laying seven and a half points of Miami against almost anybody right now. Like, uh-uh. Yeah. Especially on the road. Like, I realize that Virginia Tech and their offense have been, like, kind of a disaster so far this year. But, like... That's that's a nice way to put it. I mean, Miami's not, like, some consistent, you know, team of the week here. Like, I'm not laying a touchdown with, with them on the road. I'm with you. Give me, give me Virginia Tech and the points. I don't know if they win this game outright, but I'm definitely not laying seven or especially seven and a half with, with Miami on the road right now. If Virginia Tech wins this game, they're going to a bowl game. Ooh. That's an I'll think that's, take. I don't think it's too spicy. Let's see. Remaining games at NC State, home against Georgia Tech, at Duke, at Liberty, home against Virginia. So, you gotta so, win three. Yeah, you, you gotta win three. Three of the five. Which... So you got you got Devin. You got 
Devin Leary, questionable health. You have Liberty, who's not very good. You have Georgia Tech, interim coach. You have Duke, first-year coach. I, I think Duke's better, by the way. But you have Duke, first-year coach. And you have Virginia, who is the worst team in the ACC. So, and might be the worst team in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think there's a path for Virginia Tech to make a bowl game if they beat Miami. Hell, there's a path without it, but it's a lot tougher. Mike, I've got a nugget for you here. <laughs> and and it's mostly Well, it's mostly just to just uh, I have questions about you locking something up in this game. Um, mm. These teams have played a combined nine games against non-FCS competition. How many of those nine games have the teams in this game covered? What What is these two teams' record against the spread in those nine games? Go with like two and seven. Worse. It is one and <laughs> eight. Oh, no. These teams are one and eight against the spread combined so far this year like lock it your at your own peril uh, i'll just say you know somebody's got to win joey <laughs> that's true you know? well no 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 if miami wins this game like 21 14 nobody wins <laughs> <laughs> and that would be perfect yeah then i get my money back and i don't have to worry about it anymore no kidding that'd be totally fine Oh man, I'll take Virginia taking the points. I don't just for the hell of it. Like I don't know. Um, I, I, I think don't, Miami they might wins. win. They, they might. I think Miami probably wins. But Miami should win. Like Miami should be the better team. They've got the better roster at this point. But neither team has played like a particularly inspiring brand of football so far. I mean, the the coaching is a coin flip, which yeah. sounds outrageous because. One side has Mario Cristobal and a Broyles Award winner on their staff. The other staff has a first-year head coach as a former defensive coordinator. Has never had a head coaching job before. Offensive coordinators have never held that that role at a Power Five school outside of a bowl game when he was filling in for somebody else. And yet, I look at the coaching staffs and say, you know what? This might be a toss-up. Mm-hmm. So I will say I think, under forty six and a half for me. Yeah, I, I like the under too. I'm thinking like seventeen, thirteen, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like there's a chance all timer. I mean, there's a chance some poor college kid is going to have more beers on Saturday than points scored in this game. <laughs> Save Center Street, baby. Been there in there thankfully we said this game starts at 12 30 so uh you get to count the ones after the game too not that's just the a, ones before that's right that's right i mean but we're always counting the ones after the game at least that's how i keep mm-hmm. score that's so, right that's right yeah can't can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning that's that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> they sell beer at lane stadium these days they do oh hell yeah decent beer too is it wildly overpriced like it is at Bobby Dodd Stadium? It's okay. It's probably like eight, nine dollars for like a tall boy of an IPA or something at, at Bobby Dodd, so I don't know. Could be worse, I guess. Oh man, how many FBS wins are these teams going to have combined by season's end? Virginia Tech has one so far. 
Oh, Miami has my who's Miami beaten? They've beaten uh, Southern Miss and okay. Bethune Cookman. <laughs> so They're two t- and three. <laughs> we have two FBS wins between the two of them currently. Like I said, like hell am I laying seven points with them on the road right now? Like uh 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 no Man, way. Everybody was everybody was so high on Miami. Miami's gonna win the coastal. Miami's mm-hmm. going to win the Coastal in its final year of existence. They got a roster. They got the coaching staff. I still wouldn't pick them. I went with Pitt, which I got questions about that decision. But uh, I went with Pitt. But it's looking as good as any bet right now. Miami's beaten Southern Miss and Bethune-Cookman, and the media still picked them. That, that's only two wins. Well, the, I mean, they lost at A&M by eight. The really bad look was just getting dumped on by Middle Tennessee State. And then they lost last week to North Carolina in a game they probably could have, should have won right. by three. So, like, it's not as bad as it looks. And, by the way, they're only 0-1 in conference. They, they, they've got seven more conference games coming their way, basically. But, yeah, it's not really, like, where they thought it was going to be for what that's worth. I don't know. Man, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, Miami is off a of bye week. And uh, Virginia Tech is not. They got their. Well, they had a buy two week two weeks ago. No, no, that no, was they had a mini buy because they played Thursday night. That's right. Okay, yeah. And then they've got their buy coming up next week. So I don't know. I'm definitely not laying seven with Miami here, but um, I, I have no idea. I would not recommend betting the spread here. This is a weird line. If anything, I, I would go with Virginia Tech. And Mike, you have it locked up. I do, and truth be told, I don't like any. I, I don't like any of the totals. I don't like any of the spreads this weekend. In the ACC. I will not be betting a single one of these games. Like that's. Yeah. I don't like any of these. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm with you. I, I looked at these again. There's only four games here, and we, we're done talking about them. Um, the the closest I could come was maybe like the two unders, uh, under 42 for Syracuse NC State, and under 46 and a half in this game. Um, I mean, but yeah, none of these like really stuck out to me as like a oh yeah like that's you know I, I want some of that some of that action on that game. Try to make it sound as minimally weird as possible. <sighs> Any further comments there, Mike? Anything? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna hold me? off. I think I think we'll hold off. Gonna get me out yeah. of that ditch? No, no. I'm just gonna just gonna let you twist in the wind there. I think. <laughs> Great, awesome. Uh, all right. I think that's all I got on week seven. It's just anything, four games in the ACC. Joey, anything I would have said there would have made that like more <laughs> offensive. So there's, I just left. I left it alone. There's no way to make it better. It's just gonna be. I worse. mean, I'm trying to minimize the amount of post production work that needs to be done on things that come out of my mouth this week. So <laughs> you're paying the toll. I've yeah. I mean, I've said some things. That we've had to scrub, so I'm going to just leave this alone, I think. You sure have. Uh, at noon on ESPN Plus, <laughs> you the... Sure, you sure have. The Miami of Ohio Redhawks are a seven-point favorite on the road, taking on our Bowling Green Falcons. I do trust that Miami to cover a touchdown. <laughs> well done. Well Thank done. you. Um, Bowling Green, two and three on the year against the spread. That's not bad. Not terrible. 
No. They were a two-point underdog to Buffalo last week, and they lost by 35. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 31. That, that so went well. It was. They almost got there. Almost got there. Two-point dog lost by 35. <laughs> it was close. It was competitive. <sighs> they got that yeah. one bad call from the refs that, uh, that really screwed them there. Changed the entire complexion of the game. That's right. That's right. All right. That's all I got in week seven. Week seven I, in the ACC. I am so tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, same. Having very young children to keep up with will uh, will do that to you, as I've learned. Yep. I was looking at. Uh, I made the mistake of going back and looking at some of our YouTube videos from like five years ago, and we like thought we were going to make a YouTube channel, and then just stopped. And yikes! You and I both look a lot <laughs> more well rested. <laughs> bright-eyed and bushy-tailed yeah before we had kids <laughs> bright-eyed and bushy-tailed that's right back when we could like <laughs> have several drinks on a podcast on like a tuesday at nine o'clock versus like me drinking water at twelve thirty early thursday morning hmm. yeah i don't know amazing that we're still doing this podcast frankly but it's still fun for me it's just, i'm enjoying it yeah Fun enough that we've uh, roped producer Scott into joining us, and uh, we we appreciate him. Yes, very much. Mike, Alabama is a seven-point favorite on the road in uh, Knoxville, taking on the number six Tennessee Volunteers. How do we feel? Vols, baby. Absolutely I think it's Vols not. plus the seven. Yeah, Vols, Vols plus, plus the, seven. the seven, and maybe outright, depending on Bryce Young's health. And even so, oh, may- yeah. maybe maybe falls outright anyway. Bryce is playing. He's going to have to be playing. He's got to play. He probably could have played last week, but they saved him for this one. I don't, I'm, I'm not going Vols plus two, 235, but give me Vols plus the seven. I think this is where uh, this is where Tennessee's playoff push begins. This is where they start I, getting a little bit more hype, and I, I know it sounds crazy because they still have to play Georgia too, but this is where things get interesting because if they get past Bama – with the way Georgia's looked, they could beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about Tennessee as maybe one of the best teams in the country, which mm-hmm. I've been thinking that for a while now. And I think this is where rubber meets the road, Joey. Just glad that Tennessee finally found a good quarterback. Ugh. Anybody? Yep. Nobody? Nothing? Yep, that sound you hear is... Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to hold that off. Yeah, Producer oh. Scott regrets everything. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Willing to risk it all, as they say. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. Mike, I have nothing else on week seven unless you do. Uh, no. Notre Dame plays Stanford. Any opinions there? Gross. Stanford's um, going to die, I think. Is it, That's in South Bend? That's in, that's in South Bend, yeah. Notre Dame is a 17-point favorite uh, pass. Stanford is going to die, I think. Yeah, it's not not a great look there. Um, you know, this is a segment, by the way, the whole, like, you know, what else do we like this weekend? We've totally that, neglected it all we, all year. We, this first well, time yeah, we've done it. Freaking exhausted. But this week we only have four games, so maybe we can just you know dive in a little bit. Uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Uh, Mississippi State is a four-point road favorite. I'll take the Bulldogs. Uh, yes, because we don't know what's going on with Will Levis. So. I think Kentucky might suck, like secretly. 
They might suck. Yeah. Penn, Penn State, State transfer. On the road in Ann Arbor, taking on the Michigan Wolverines. They're a seven-point underdog. Give me Penn State. I'll take those points. Uh, maybe. Michigan's played nobody. Yeah. They have played well, literally nobody. Well, then they played somebody like two weeks ago against Maryland, and seemed like they kind of messed around for a full 60 minutes. 34-27. They, they yeah. dominated Iowa two weeks ago in the first half, and then it was like a 13-point win. They definitely don't look like they are like a, a well-oiled machine at this point. So I think Penn State is in shape to uh, to make that a game. Look at the money line there, what I would Let's say. Let's see. Penn State plus 215, roughly. Mm-hmm. These are spicy this weekend on the money line. You got a bunch it. of plus 210, plus 215 bets. Mm-hmm. Spreads around touchdown or less. I, I like it. Oklahoma State, TCU. Oklahoma State, a four-point underdog on the road in Fort Worth. I think TCU. I like Oklahoma. Oh, I, I'm on the other side of that. Sunny Dykes, T- Sunny Dykes, they're, de- they're they're good. I think well, TCU might be a wagon, dude. <laughs> they might be. They might be a wagon. But Oklahoma State's playing raw right now. They're playing some good football. Yeah, pretty good. Iowa State's a 16.5-point underdog in Austin taking on the Texas Longhorns. That's a big line. I'll pass, but Texas might be good. They're good with Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if he's healthy, they're really good. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're good with Quinn Ewers. USC is a three-and-a-half-point dog on the road taking on US, Utah in Salt Lake City. I think I got I got something I want to say because some national podcasts have put out there that they all think USC is good. I am not there. I'm not there. I, I think they're I, overrated. I think they're – yeah, I think that they should have lost the Oregon State game, and I think they're going to lose to Utah. Even though Utah just lost the game last, I, look, Utah's I coming off a loss. But that game last I, week gives me pause that Utah might be a little fraudulent. I mean, I'm not sure Utah's particularly good. I mean, losing to Florida in the swamp, I guess week one it's an opener, whatever. But like, that's not a very good Florida team, and we all know that now. And we're like, oh, Utah can recover. And then is UCLA a wagon? <laughs> That's entirely because, possible because Utah Utah lost that game, but like, is that frowned upon? Like the Florida losses? I'm not sure. I mean, UCLA is undefeated, aren't they? They are. Yeah, they're yeah they are. Chip Kelly all of a sudden has things rolling there. Yeah. UCLA with back to back top 15 wins according to producer Scott. I I don't know. I'll take the points of USC. I'll just I'll take the chances. But I, I understand why they're an underdog there. And that's a, it's not a great matchup for them. It's going to be a fun nine and three year for USC because <laughs> I don't think they're going to. I'm now of the opinion they're going to lose to Notre Dame at the end of the year too. Mm-hmm. I'm back on the Irish boys. I'm back on them. Oh no, the Drew the Drew Pine led Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm not oh, sure they're going to no. lose again. Oh, they'll lose. Like, to don't do this. They'll lose to Clemson, but outside of that, they won't. They won't lose again. Ride the pine. Riding the pine is maybe what he should be doing. Um, <laughs> oh, LSU is a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Gainesville taking on Florida. If you have any peyote left over that you're looking to partake in before you watch a game. <laughs> peyote. <laughs> oh, man. LSU Florida, the peyote special. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Brian Kelly's offense set football back a thousand years last Saturday, didn't they? Good God, man. Rough. I like how All Brian right. Kelly went into post game press conference. He was like, "That is not how we expected it to go." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah you I'll don't say. say, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say." Got take, yeah, got taken out back by Hendon Hooker. I'll say, it's not how I expected it to go either. As a Virginia Tech fan, it was. Uh, it wasn't cold enough outside. It turns out, but oh god. <laughs> All right. I hate right, Justin I'm Fuente. Out. Okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy was uh, not the best thing that's ever happened to Virginia Tech football. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hendon Hooker got cold. Yeah, according to Justin Fuente, Hendon Hooker got cold, so he transferred. <laughs> now he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. So excellent. Glad we. Did I was going to say, by the way, and I, I looked this up or I saw this. Uh, Hendon Hooker currently, I think, eight to one to win the Heisman. Yeah. If they beat Bama this weekend. Get get the money on him now. Yeah, because I'd, I'd that'll go down to like two it. to one or something. I'd sprinkle it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd sprinkle it because even if they lose to Bama and he plays well, and then they go out and beat Georgia, this is your chance, buddy. You might get it. Mm-hmm. You might get your shot at Bama again in the SEC championship game. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. I'm just saying. Them beating Georgia and winning the East would make me so happy. It would be great. We can dream. It'd be pretty funny. What's going to be sick is when one lost Georgia, uh, non-conference champ, non-SEC champion Georgia gets in the field. Wouldn't that piss you off? That'd make you crazy. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Ridiculous. All right. That's all I got on week seven. You good? Good's a relative term, like we mentioned earlier. <laughs> Surviving? Yes. Surviving. Yes. All right. Let's get out of here. I'm at FGRS Joey on Twitter. He's at Mike McDaniel SI together at BC podcast ACC. Once again, we are using Twitter to quote promote a business according to to certain Twitter users. So, um, you know, please follow us there. If you're not one of our nearly 700 followers on the platform already, we've been called worse. (laughs) I've been called worse today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. By me, probably. I'm just very confused at people trying to own me by telling me that my podcast only has 650-plus followers on Twitter. Um, It's very strange. How dare they tell me how to run my business? How dare they? Um, Speaking of which, if you want to tell us how to run our business, you can email us to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. We are on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Anywhere that you normally go find your podcast, go find us there. Hit the subscribe button and follow and those good things. Smash the like button, the bell icon, whatever you do. I don't know how that works. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us on social medias? Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Joey? Please do. Please do. Go find us on Instagram. um, At BC Podcast ACC on Instagram. The uh, the. Pick graphics will continue until morale approves now that uh, producer Scott is back and helping to pr- put those together for us. So go check us out there. Uh, I think that's all I got. Am I forgetting anything, Mike or Scott? I don't think so. Uh, go search for us once, once again, search for us on YouTube. We are on the quest for a hundred followers on YouTube, at which point we, we will get a dedicated URL. And by the way, they're called subscribers, not followers, but we'll, we'll allow it. Whatever. Whatever you have to do. Um, so right. go do that on, on YouTube. We appreciate that. Yep. Mike, enjoy week seven. We'll come back and recap the games. How's that sound? Sounds good to me.
All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel and producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.